Hey guys, it's Ron here, and just wanted to let you know that this episode is a little bit different from the regular format, I guess. Uh, we're sitting down with Devin and Maddox from the Heavyweight Chumps podcast to discuss NXT TakeOver 4. It was a lot of fun talking with these guys. You should check them out when you get done listening to this episode, or, I mean, even before. Just go subscribe to them. They're excellent. They're really funny. They have a lot of great interviews. I just got done listening to the one they did with Al Capone, who is a uh, Memphis area rapper. Um... It was really informative, especially to somebody like me who's not that into the hip hop um, scene. So, um, anyway, I hope you all enjoy this episode and have a nice day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Singlet Club, a wrestling podcast where we talk about, well, just about anything, really. I mean, it's kind of hard to really say what we do and don't talk about. Mostly, it's talking about Shinsuke Nakamura's entrance, but I feel like that joke's kind of worn itself out. So, um, <laughs> today we are joined by our friends at the Heavyweight Chumps. Gentlemen, how are you tonight? Well, it's been a long time since we've been called gentlemen, so clearly you don't know us that well. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> <laughs> clearly we don't know you at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> so uh, what is your background with podcasting? Uh, we have been in since February. We started out uh, covering a local film festival here. I have I worked in the newspaper industry for 15 years. Oh, wow. That's and uh, knees went to hell, so that kind of resulted in disability. And to be honest, I needed something to do. Yeah. Well, that makes and sense. And my, my buddy here was in the same boat, and we got to talking one night. We'd been kind of looking at a project to get involved with, and I just decided one night, I said, hey, what if we started a podcast? And to avoid the upfront cost, I was smart enough to ask for the bulk of the equipment for Christmas last year. Nice. That's that's a great idea. Hey, I wish I thought of it. <laughs> um, We're upgrading this Christmas. Yeah, I don't blame you. I would too. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was lucky enough that one of my co-hosts on the other podcast that I do was like, "Oh, you need an interface? Well, here you go." <laughs> so here we are. You did get lucky. Oh, absolutely. Um, so tell us a little bit about your show, because it seems like you branch out a little bit from just covering pro wrestling. Yeah, we, the wrestling, the name of the show is actually referring to us and not the topic. Oh. Um, the, the wrestling is in both of our backgrounds. I worked in independent wrestling as a manager and as an announcer for five or six years. And, uh, Devin, what you worked as a wrestler for what? Uh, and wrestled for about 14 years. Wow. Wow. That is a career. Yeah, so that's actually how we met. And um, the my background with the newspaper kind of kept me from wanting to do just wrestling podcasts because I feel like there's a lot of wrestling podcasts out there, and it's kind of a – we still do the wrestling interviews, but we've actually noticed that – there's just so many other wrestling shows that we actually think 
do it better than we we could. So <laughs> uh, we started branching out and going into film, and we've interviewed stand-up comics. We've had musicians, filmmakers. Uh, we did a story on the um, Santa Fe, Texas shooting with someone that was in the vicinity of that Oh wow! The morning that took place, yeah, it was. It's it's been a eventful six months for us, to say the least. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, those are some pretty big connections that you made there, and uh, pretty big interviews that you landed too. So uh, that's pretty impressive. I mean, it, you said that you have what, like thirty something episodes now. So yeah. So that's uh. And there's what maybe five or six with us with just us. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So you have, like, just interview after interview after interview. People are lining up to be on your show. <laughs> no, I just learned a long time ago the worst thing anybody can say when you ask is no. Oh, that's fair. So I, I'm i not afraid to ask. If you want, if I feel like you might be a good guest, I'm going to ask. If you say no, you say no. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um. So the topic we're all here to discuss tonight was uh, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4, which happened last weekend, um, actually on my birthday, so that was pretty cool. Um, what did you guys think of the show, just overall? Overall, I give it about four stars. Yeah. And I give it about the same. Yeah. Um, I think top to bottom, it was a solid card. There was... I, I, it saddens me to say that to me the worst match of the night was Velveteen Dream and EC3, but not through any fault of Velveteen's. I just think EC3 looks like he was off a step. Yeah, I mean, I could see what you're what you're going for there. I mean, I think that he, um, I think there were some uh, some definite um, um, flaws in that match, um, but I agree with you guys. I think it was top to bottom. Just a great card. What do you think, Dan? Uh, in all honesty, I, I give it about four and a half stars. Um, you know, I, I agree with uh, you guys in that the EC3 Velveteen Dream match was, you know, uh, a little flat. I felt like you're right. I think EC3, uh, his mind was elsewhere. It just didn't seem like he was fully invested in the match. I will say I think my favorite match of the night was Ricochet versus Adam Cole. I yeah. think that match was a showstopper. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so do you guys just want to go like right down the card and just kind of talk about every match? Um, yeah. Kind of front to back? Okay. All right. So the night started out. Well, I guess there was a couple matches before this, but the Undisputed Era ended up facing off with Mustache Mountain for the tag team titles. And... I have to say, I don't know a lot about Mustache Mountain. I only recently started watching NXT, but Tyler Bate is a fucking star, <laughs> if I have to say so myself. Um, and I feel like even Trent Seven, like, I saw him and I was like, okay, so we have this really athletic guy, and then we have this other guy who's, like, not in the same field, I guess. Um, if I'm putting it, he's nicely. got a total dad bod. Yeah, he definitely has a total dad bod. He's like hipster personified, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you get you get the six pack and a guy who looks like he drank a six pack. Yeah, I think he looks like he drank <laughs> a keg, but that's just me. Um, Undisputed era, obviously, you know they're both just like superstars in their own right. Like that whole faction, in my opinion, is just 
stacked with talent, and I can't believe they haven't called them up yet, but I guess they still have some work to do. Um, uh, what was I going to say here? Um, I think they're waiting on Bobby Hughes to heal up before they call him up. Oh, that would make sense. That would make sense. Um, my favorite spot, I think, of that whole match was where uh, Tyler Bate had both members of Undisputed Era, like, had one of them on his shoulders and the other one, like, under his arms, he, like, did a full swing on him. That was insane. I don't know what you guys thought of it, but I marked out a little. I, I didn't think the guy was stout enough to pull that move off, to be honest. He, but he he's built kind of like a pit bull, to be honest. Yeah. He's, like, small, I but mean, he's really strong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's going to be... I think he's clearly – they are clearly going to be the stars of the tag team division for NXT UK. Yeah. I, I, are they moving them over to the UK uh, show, I guess? I would hope so, and I hope they take Pete Dunn with them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would make sense since he's the champion and everything over there. Um, well, Pete Dunn looks like a glorified indie guy. I mean, I can't believe they let him on television – yeah. Without giving him some sort of a more mainstream makeover. That's true. That's true. Um, what did you guys think of the match? Just like overall. As an overall for an opener, great match. Uh, the NXT crowd seems to throw around the fight forever, and this is awesome chance to me a little bit too freely. Um, but I thought those guys really put on a clinic. Tyler Bate is a technician on the level, in my opinion, of someone like a Steve, uh, like a William Regal. Yeah. Um, and I think he is, I think he could be a star on the main roster and not just in the UK. I completely agree. Dan, what do you think? In all honesty, uh, I, I have to agree with you, Maddox, in that he not only can stand alone in NXT, and be a, like a, a credible champion, but I think he could stand alone on the main roster more than any of the people on that match, in my opinion. I think he is just got star power written all over him. Not to mention, he's only 21. Wow. He's a young kid. See, I didn't know that either. But, again. Um, Devin, You've got you a thoughts? lot of catching up to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I didn't tune into that show for literally until we started doing this podcast. So, <laughs> well, when he was in that uh, the UK uh, tournament, that first one they ran, Ron, uh, he was only nineteen. Oh, I guess. And, and he won the ago. tournament. Wow. He won the tournament. He was the first UK champion. Wow, I think that's kind of surprising then that they stuck him with a tag team. But I guess you know, <clears> I mean, I feel like that team works together really well. So, yeah. Did you guys get the feeling that maybe that match came about strictly because of the injury to to Birch that and Oni Lorcan that caused them to not be able to be in the rematch? Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. That's you know that actually is a good point because I think that would have been just like the the main championship match. I think it would have been a triple threat. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I agree. I think that would. Uh, I feel like that would have even torn the roof off the. Uh... Barkley Center. I was like, what the hell is that place called there that they were in? <laughs> Barkley Center. Uh, uh, yeah. Jay-Z's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay-Z's house. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I think that that, uh, 
I think that would have been an awesome match as well. But I feel like also when you throw too many wrestlers into the thing, like it might uh, bring down the quality. I guess I don't. I'm not sure. I might be talking on my ass here. So <laughs> I, I think you are because if you go back, if you go back and watch NXT War Games with Sanity, oh. Undisputed Era, and Office of Pain. I think you'd take back that that statement because that was a ridiculous match. I'll have to check it out. It all goes it all goes with the, the chemistry the guys have in the ring together as to if it would get over or not. True. Because I've watched a uh, I watched a six man, uh, well not six man but a three way tag match earlier today with uh, Young Bucks, Motor City Machine Guns, and. Uh, uh, Matt Seidel and Tashida. No, no, no. The uh, Christopher Daniels and Tashida. Oh, the addiction. Oh, oh, nice. And it, it wasn't that good of a match because it's like there wasn't any chemistry at times. And it, it just kind of drove. It was spot after spot after spot. Right. But you got to have chemistry to keep it going. And while we're discussing triple threats, uh, something that Devin and I have mentioned, uh, you remember a few weeks back on Raw when they did the triple threat rematch for the, or match for the tag belts? Yes. Yeah. And for some reason in a triple threat, they only had two men in the ring. Yeah, that was really weird. I, I thought that was like the strangest thing because they, they had Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy out, like both out at the same time at one point. And I'm like, well, what, what are we doing here? How do they get tagged in unless they tag themselves in? So. Right. But that's I also, not a triple threat. <laughs> no, no. I also think that they've just changed the rules so much on triple threats recently, unless I just really wasn't paying attention because I thought that it was always that you got there was a count out and like people could get disqualified and stuff like that. But it seems like I feel like they said it a couple times, like that there's no DQ and there's no like count out in a triple threat match. And I'm like, that's just that's odd. Like, I don't remember that from my youth. <laughs> so um, I don't know what happened with the tag team match, but. That's, yeah, I feel like just triple threats in general are kind of just in a weird place right now. Well, you know, the, the rules change because you've got, you got to look at your time allowed for each match. That's true. And how much television time they're allowed. Yeah. So if you throw in or DQ or count out, you still got two guys in the ring that are going. Yeah. Why are you going to count the other guy out? That's true. I guess that if yeah. they did come in and like hit the other one with a chair, like that just screws over the other person involved. So it makes sense, I guess. I just right. hadn't really considered that before. Um, let's see what else we got to talk about. Um, so next up on the card, we had Velveteen Dream and EC3 in a match that you guys that we all pretty much agree like was kind of the low spot of the night, but like not. But it's... can we talk about those tights? Yeah, I know. I was going to say. Oh, <laughs> that was incredible. Yeah, I completely agree. I was uh, I was blown away by that. I was just like, oh, he's got something on his tights. And then he like, kept pulling his pants up and said, call me up, Vince. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that might get now, you fired. Got, did you guys hear the, the Facebook Live with Triple H? Um, No. No. Okay. Someone asked him about the call me up Vince on the tights. Mm-hmm. And Triple H played it off and said that, oh, you thought that was referring to Vince McMahon? Oh, no. 
uh, Velveteen Dream's got a friend named Vince, and he lost his phone, so he did that as a rib to him. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> yeah, I believe Triple H cleared that without going to father-in-law first, and he was covering his ass. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I believe that when the shit turned purple and smells like rainbow sherbet. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. I always look forward. I always look forward to the NXT takeovers just to see what Velveteen's going to come out of. Yeah, it's he... always something eccentric. Yeah, for sure. Like it's always. I don't. I don't know who his wardrobe person is, but like, if he like has creative control over that or whatever. But man, he makes some really genius moves there. Or it's just like. You remember you remember him by the end of the night, even if you don't remember his match. So, right, but it's the same thing that you used to have in the eighties and early nineties with Rick Rude. Yeah, his tights were customized to who his who his major feud was at the time. True. Uh, on a side note, though, uh, how about that rolling Death Death Valley driver on the apron? Okay, that is probably the sweetest. Death Valley driver I've ever seen. I think the way he performs that move is pure perfection. Well, yeah, I I have to agree. Look any prettier? Sorry, go ahead. Well, if they add you into, of course they couldn't make it look any prettier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think I think I think for me the best part about it is after he hits him, he's able to be like fully upright after he hits him. It's like how how the heck do you just do that? Yeah. Especially considering that the apron is the hardest part of the ring. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, they tell you it is. <laughs> <laughs> In comparison, it is the hardest part of the ring, but it's also thick. It's also padded heavier than the canvas. Ah, learning the learning the uh, uh, secrets of wrestling. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Thank God the guys probably aren't listening to this or we would never get to work another show. Yeah. yeah. But the thing with this match, and I think EC3 has a higher opinion of himself than he deserves to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to take quite a while to knock the stink of TNA off of him. Yeah. And he... Let's face it, he works like the classic big man from the 80s and the 90s that Vince actually loves, but yet Vince had him in developmental and cut him loose. Yeah. I don't see him being a mainstay. I don't see him making it a year. I think he'll be future endeavor. Oh, really? You think that it's that it's that drastic? I do. I just don't think he fits that brand. I think he's not are capable enough worker to keep up with what they have talent-wise in the ring down there in NXT. Yeah. That's really interesting because I heard a rumor recently that they're seriously considering calling both uh, he and Shayna Baszler up to the main roster pretty soon. But, oh, God. Baszler, I hope. Yeah. I mean, I think that would be really interesting to see her, like, come up and, like, I mean, considering how many people, how many women are currently involved in WWE that were formerly MMA, you know, fighters, I think there's a lot of, there's a, there's a pretty big uh, pool of talent for her to work with. I would like to see Ronda retain at Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. 
and then Baszler hit the ring and just totally destroy her. That would definitely be, uh, that would raise some eyebrows. Baszler is better in the ring tenfold than Ronda Rousey. Now, I, I give her credit for no more training as professional wrestling as, as Ronda's had, but she should not be carrying that belt yet. Yeah, that seemed to be the uh, the majority opinion going into the show was that Ronda was too new to uh, to get the title and uh, you know run with it essentially. Um, I feel like they just wanted to give her the belt because she's like the shiny new wrestler there. Uh, but also, I feel like she's made a lot of great progress in the ring. I mean, some of those moves look stiff as hell, but I think that it's really convincing. You know that because she's got that reputation. So, did they give her the belt because Brock was going bye bye? It's entirely possible. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> I think there's there's another reason behind it. So, before SummerSlam, you remember they actually announced that Alexa Bliss is going to be facing Chris Stratus at the Evolution pay per view. Right. I think they wanted to build that storyline. Yes, it's months away, but they wanted to build that up. So, but they realized they couldn't have the belt on her at Evolution, so why have the belt on her now? When Ronda can build up her, like, you know, chemistry with somebody else to defend at that show. Who do you put her with next? I think you put her with Nia. Well, Nia hasn't been on television since she dropped the belt. That's true. That is a good point. That is true. It has been a while since we saw her. Sasha, maybe? Hmm. That, I could see her more so working better with someone like Sarah Logan. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, that's someone, that'd be interesting. Someone that has a little bit more of a stiff, a shoot style work. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. I'd be interested. Sorry. Maybe, maybe even a Ruby Riot. I I could see that. They're frame size. They're about the same size, so I think it would work. Uh, that would be a good. It'd be a good one because I think Ruby could cover up Rhonda's flaws. Hmm. That's true. That's true. I I I mean I feel like there's just there's a, I feel like they missed an opportunity at that show to kind of have uh, Natalia maybe turn on Ronda and like set up that kind of feud. But I feel like she's probably not in the right space right now with the death of her father and everything just happening. Well, I so. think that's why they couldn't pull the trigger on that. Yeah. I think it's coming. I think that's definitely in the, I see that in the rear view fastly approaching. Yeah. But I just think they could not pull the trigger on it quite yet yeah i think it's I, I can't wait to see it because if that's who's been training with her then they should be really smooth together in the ring oh no doubt yeah i would say yeah, I, especially because especially because it's trainer versus trainee yeah teacher versus student yeah i mean i feel like they could match her with ember moon but i don't think it would be the same as those ones that we talked about before <clears throat> so like, I don't Ember know. could cover Ronda's screw-ups, but 
it wouldn't be a good quality match, I don't think. Yeah. I don't I don't know how I if I can see Ronda taking that flying stunner off the top rope. <laughs> um at least not convincingly, not yet. So I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got some pretty good matches set up for her though, I mean, you know, in the near future. Um So Vince, if you're listening, we just booked your women's division for like six months. Yeah, congratulations. You can make it to Mania with Ronda as champion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, I mean, back to back to NXT. Uh, Velveteen Dream went over EC3. It was low point of the card, but I mean, those tights are gonna stick with me forever. So, <laughs> uh, moving on to the North American title match, uh, we had Ricochet defeating Adam Cole. In 15 minutes, in I felt like that match was even longer than 15 minutes. To be honest with you, like I I I kept watching it and I was just like looking at the clock and I was like, how has it only been like five minutes since this match started and like stuff like that, like looking back and forth. This was a nonstop action-packed extravaganza. Um, what did you guys think of it? Oh, uh, match of the night. Yeah. Hands yeah. What y'all think about the uh, the well placed super kick on the back flip? Oh my god, that was ridiculous! I I I fell out of my chair. Yeah, I could. I I feel like they had to practice that like so much, or at least you know they they had to have just like practiced that like for at least a couple days. But I don't know how long it takes to plan a spot like that. So I thought it was amazing. Yeah, yeah I I was. I've marked out when uh, uh, Shelton Benjamin took the super kick from Shawn Michaels to do the springboard yeah. across the ring. I'm like, oh my god, that was great! It was great. And then I saw that. I'm like, that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> he actually looked at me at that point and said, "I didn't think anything would ever top that. That just did." <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. And then the best part was the fact that they put it in slow motion afterwards. I don't know if you guys saw that. And it showed he got it right under the jaw. Mm-hmm. He like he right on the butt. perfectly. Yeah. Like my... uh, I think that was. I don't know. <laughs> to me, it. I have to say, there's a one A and a one B on this card, and that it, it's a toss up between this and the main event for me for match of the night. Um, mm. Ricochet and Adam Cole working together was. I'd like to see them get a 30-minute Iron Man match. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. That would be... Oh, holy shit. You want to talk about putting butts in the seats? I mean, if you are, if you wouldn't be excited to see that match, I'd have to check to make sure you had a pulse. And I'm one of those that will tell you right now, Adam Cole, upon arrival on the main roster, deserves insertion into an instant title feud. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, 100% agree. Yeah. It doesn't matter what title it is, he deserves it. If, because I would love to see him work with AJ. That would be a great match. That would, yeah, I agree. I think that would be fantastic. I think that if they somehow managed to get Finn Balor back to the point where, like, he could logically have a title, I would like to see them face each other. But, I mean, maybe that's just me. No, I think that would be a phenomenal match. I I wish they would fix whatever they 
I don't know what the why they're so down on Finn. I'm glad that he's finally getting a little bit of a push, but they've got to get him away from Baron Corbin. Yeah, I completely agree. That's just I mean, in my opinion, they really just need to get Baron Corbin off my TV. Yeah. They need to send him back to NXT maybe a little bit, maybe develop him a little bit more. <laughs> so yeah, I I'm I'm not a big Baron Corbin fan, but I could see I could see uh Adam Cole. I mean, really working with anybody on the Raw roster right now, anybody on the SmackDown roster. I can't even imagine what Adam Cole versus Shinsuke would be like. Like I I feel like that would probably ruin wrestling just because it would be such a great match. Um but I also have a soft spot for Japanese wrestlers, so <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, it's funny that you guys mentioned Adam Cole versus AJ. Just to, just imagine this for a second. You think the uh, the backflip super kick would be good? What about the super kick counted from the phenomenal forearm? That would also be pretty sweet. Oh that my would god! I would shit my pants. And you know he's got to counter the Styles Clash, like <laughs> somewhere. Well, when's the last time he won a match with that move? With the Styles Clash? Yeah. Oh God, I can't even remember. I feel like they've kind of tried to limit him from using that move, but well, that's well, when he first come over, Vince wasn't going to let him use it. Jericho had to lobby Vince to let him use the style splash. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And after what happened with Samoa Joe and him trying to hit him with the style splash and pretty much dropping Joe on his head, I figure there's a little bit of he's in a little bit of hot water. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that did look like he messed it up. So, I mean, we were watching live, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe he picked him up. And they, like, messed it up. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't shock me. <laughs> did you guys notice that Joe looked like he was considerably wider than he normally is? Did he? I mean. He looked, he looked broader than me, like he had put on 20 or 30 pounds. I mean, he might he might have taken that uh, whole heavyweight champion thing a little bit too seriously and felt like he needed to bulk up in order so so that AJ couldn't hit the Styles Clash on him. Um, Man, I gotta go eat those noodles. Yep. The, the bad thing is that I was really about to mark out of the fact that I thought we might actually see a muscle buster in the match and then they countered it. Oh, I know. I was telling my fiance about that too because I've been like watching it with her, and I was like, yeah, he like killed this guy with this move basically like completely ended his career and then he like pulled it out like in this match i was watching i think we were watching the shinsuke samoa joe match from takeover brooklyn like two or something whenever that happened um yeah and i was just like there's no way they're never letting him do that move ever again and then he like set up for it on the pay-per-view and i was like what the i can't believe what i'm seeing here (laughs) and then he yeah i countered it so yeah yeah I wanted desperately to see that move. <laughs> I know, me too. I would have been because like, if anybody knows how to take it, it's AJ. Oh yeah, I mean he's been taking it for years, so he would he would know how to do it. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, back to uh, back to NXT after the Adam Cole Ricochet match, which was fucking amazing. Like I, what did you guys think about the way they ended that match? By the way. Like where Ricochet jumped over the top rope and did a Hurricane Rana, and then finished him off with a six thirty splash. Like that was, I, I mean, I think that was crazy. I think it's crazy. I think 
in a way, finishes are becoming entirely too predictable in that you have to win a match with your with your finisher to even fin to win a match now. You don't have uh, the surprise finishes hardly. That's true. And I think that takes away from the product. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's I I think you're right. Um especially when they do stuff like have Brock Lesnar hit somebody with five F fives before you can pin them instead of like, I don't know, pummeling them into mush because well, <laughs> he could i mean how are we supposed to believe that brock lesnar's this un unbeatable badass that takes five of his finishers to actually pin someone yeah <laughs> yeah it's not that convincing um i could have done i mean i like i could have done with this match ending with ricochet just hitting that insane hurricane rana and them throwing him in and pinning him but man he can hit that 630 just so well like it's crazy that i wish you could get one more half a rotation yeah right <laughs> do another like a, a double 450 <laughs> just land so you can actually pin him instead of landing and hitting him with your on your back you that's know? true yeah yeah but it, the move itself is they've called ricochet a human video game mm -hmm. several times on nxt yeah and i don't think there's a better way to describe that man Oh, I agree. I agree. Other than stupid for breaking up with Tessa Blanchard. Yeah, what an idiot. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so what if it wasn't him? What if she split up with him? What was that? I'm sorry. More power to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I really wish that... Uh, I wish that Neville had stuck around long enough for Ricochet to be on the same roster because I feel like they could have had a really good program, too. But uh, I hear there's oh, rumblings that he's coming back. I don't know. I think Austin Aries should have stuck around longer, too, but they wouldn't do anything with him. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of an issue when you have somebody like, you know, the belt collector, and you're like, yeah, we're just going to have you eat bananas and, like, just be here. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants that. <laughs> and just be here. Yep. Just just well, take up I mean, that's all he was was fodder for somebody else for Neville to beat. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah, it was a shame because that, that matchup that they had at WrestleMania, I was like, oh, so they got to put the belt on Aries here, and the next thing you know, Neville wins. I'm like, well, that went down the crapper. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Aries deserve, Aries deserve better than 205 Live. Oh, no doubt. He should have been on the main roster. Like they've, I mean, if you look at Ciampa and Gargano, they're both like right around 205 and uh somehow they managed to get onto nxt instead of 205 live so uh, maybe it's just because they're taller and they would make it less uh obvious that they're under 200 pounds right around 200 pounds i don't know but it doesn't hurt that gargano right now is playing the ultimate underdog, almost a Rey Mysterio type role. Mm. And you've also got Ciampa, who is on fire, and in my opinion, quite possibly the best heel across the entire WWE. Yeah, no doubt. He's, he's the best. I mean, when you can come out and not say a word and have the entire crowd just booing the hell out of you 
and you just turn around and walk off, and that's how they end the show. Yep. That's when you know you got something right. Absolutely. I mean, not to mention he 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 comes out to no music. Yep. And he does that. That's about change. And he does that wave. The thing where he looks at his hand and just starts waving at people. Yep. Yeah. He doesn't have to say anything to be hated. Yeah. Do you think they're going to give him music? You said. Uh, There's a rumor on a few of the dirt sheets that he came out on a few house shows, and actually they had music. There was video. Oh, man. I really hope they don't go through that. I think it's going to hurt the character. Yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like him having no music makes him more intimidating, and the fact that you can hear the crowd just booing their asses off at him, like, I think that adds so much to him, and I think that if they take that away, then they're going to mess something up. I mean, unless it's really good music, but you got to... I just I can't picture Champa with no with with music now that I've seen him with no music. Right. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey listener, Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Voice from the underground. Um, so moving on. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Working down to the, let, let, I was about to move the same way you were. Let, let's get to Baszler and Curry Saint. Absolutely, yeah. Let's let's touch on that because honestly, I missed a lot of this match because I had paused that Ricochet Adam Cole match in the middle of him doing that moonsault because I just like I wanted to see it again and make sure like I wasn't seeing things there and I wanted my fiance to see it and then you know took a little bit longer than I anticipated, so when I finally got back to, you know, the live match, it was already, like, halfway through Kerry Sane versus Shayna Baszler, so I'll let you guys take care of this part, because I didn't see the whole thing. I saw the ending, but I didn't see the whole thing. For me, great match, but not as good as Baszler was able to have with Ember Moon. Mm. Strictly from the standpoint of I understand it's professional wrestling, and you're expected to suspend your belief for for a while. Right. But it is hard to suspend belief to the point of thinking with the beating that Shayna Baszler put on Kari Sane that she was able to actually come back and win that match. Yeah. It seemed like, uh, it seemed like Baszler was just like, pummeling her pretty much like even at the end of the match she was beating the tar out of her and like carrie had to win by just like literally reversing that sleeper hold into a pin which was innovative because i haven't seen that in a long time and it's one of those kind of situations where she didn't have to hit her finisher to win but uh yeah it, it seemed like carrie was basically the underdog the whole match we haven't seen that finish since was that wrestlemania 6 Bret Hart against Roddy Piper for the Intercontinental title. Wow, really? Uh, Piper had Hart in a sleeper hold 
part goes, runs up the turnbuckles in the corner, reverses it out, ends up in the same position for the pin. Wow. Yeah, so it's been a while. I can remember seeing that. Yeah, it's it's something they don't pull that one out very often. But they have done such a phenomenal job of building up Baszler. And it's funny because Baszler being the one that lost the May Young Classic is the only one that really has been built over time since that tournament ended. The others have all seemingly just been jobbed out, even Kari Sane to an extent. Yeah. But I will say this, that insane elbow is an absolute thing of beauty with the angle that she is able to get because of her size. Oh, no doubt. Uh, do you think they're going to let her keep doing that if, she, like, when she gets called up to the main roster? Because I feel like that might be one where they're like, that's too dangerous for up here. I think that's the only thing that separates her from the rest of the girls. Yeah, I agree. Um, Dan, what are your thoughts on the women's title? And let's title? just hope oh, she doesn't go the way. Of, let's just hope she doesn't go the way of Oscar. Yeah, that bothers me to no end. Like, again, soft spot for Japanese wrestlers. Seeing what they did with Asuka with having her win for, like, over a year and then bringing her up to the main roster, and she wasn't even on the last pay-per-view. <laughs> like, <laughs> She wasn't even on the pre-show. No. And they had Rusev on there, which he fought for the world title last month. So what's going on here? You know? Uh I think that was more to cover up Lana's inability than it was for on account of Rusev. You're probably right. Oh man, she does not look but good. But then again, me. I happen to I happen to think Zelina Vegas better in the ring than Andrade Cien Almas. So oh really? I don't care for Almas. I I to me, he's still got the stink of being an NXT jobber that somehow got a manager, and all of a sudden was considered a main eventer, and it just made no sense. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I guess if you're going by, like, the logical, like, ascension and stuff like that, that, yeah, he he doesn't make a whole lot of sense there. I just keep thinking about his match with AJ Styles from, like, uh, it's probably like a month ago now, and I was just, like, blown away by that. It was really my first exposure to him, and I was like, wow, that really made an impact, but... uh yeah, I guess. And if it he could was... be an issue with when he was in NXT, the people they had him in the ring with could not work with the international side of him. Yeah. And where AJ is used to working those different different styles, they had him working in a feud with No Way Jose, who, let's face it, hasn't really been seen on TV except for getting in matches with Oh. Uh, Mojo, uh, yeah, yeah. Who I don't think belongs on the main <clears> roster <throat> either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, on a side, on a side note, just uh, sorry to cut you up, Ron, but uh, no, you're fine. That um, that time I think I texted you about it, Ron, when I was watching Raw, and then No Way Jose came out, um, with the conga line. Yeah, and his gear was green, white, and yellow. So. Um, Corey Graves made some comment about how Jose uh, Jose looked like a Sprite bottle. Yeah, I think I do remember that now. <laughs> yeah, I was dying. Yeah, I'm just happy to know the rosebuds got work. The rosebuds? <laughs> you don't remember Adam Rose's contingent, do you? <laughs> no, no, and I do not. I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> 
and you didn't miss much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Basically the same exact premise, Ron. Basically, oh, okay. yeah, except they didn't do a with a bunch of people. Including a guy dressed up like a freaking hot dog. Oh, wait, that was Braun Strowman. <laughs> oh, I thought it was the New Day. Yes, Braun was a rosebud. So Braun Strowman and Becky Lynch were both rosebuds. Wow. That's, uh, that's a piece of wrestling trivia that I probably would have used in the game if I uh, didn't just hear it from you. <laughs> oh, god damn. Um... All right, so moving on. Uh, let's talk about that last man standing match for the NXT Championship. What a fight, huh? Like, good not lord. To men- not to mention it went 33 freaking minutes. Yeah. It, I... it was... It... Go, ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 I was just going to say, I, I can't even really, like, comprehend, like, Considering the the last few last man standing matches we've had, where like literally Shinsuke got kicked in the balls and that was the end of the match, um, this was a marked improvement for WWE slash NXT. Granted, it was an improvement, but when I when he handcuffed him to the to the roadblock or whatever there at the end, I'm like, no, I see what's fixing to happen. Sure enough, what mm-hmm. happened is exactly what I thought was going to happen. Gargano. Misses the knee, he's down, Chompa just slides off to her on the floor. Yep. I thought it was a cool cool way to finish, but it was predictable if you paid attention. Um, I think the match as a whole, you could tell at times that Chompa and Gargano were telling each other in the ring, lay it in. Yeah. They wanted this to look as stiff as possible. They beat the living hell out of each other. Yeah. Um, to me, it, it's one of the best last man standing matches I have ever seen from the standpoint that it stayed in the ring 90% of the time. Yeah, which is not what I was expecting. I thought it would be, like, especially when they set up the two tables on top of each other, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. This is how they're going to end the match. But uh, I was wrong about that. Um, I, I said the same thing, so don't feel bad. Okay. <laughs> I guess I don't feel that bad then. Um, yeah, I was kind of surprised that they took it all the way up the ramp, but like you said, as soon as he handcuffed him, I was like, well, I know how this is going to end. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, Gargano's pride got the most of him, and he just had to go for that knee. But was it? would it have been worth killing the momentum that Ciampa's got to put the belt on? Gargano. Oh hell no! I think I think Champa should be champion until, right up until the day that they call him up to the main roster. Like, and I'm going to also add one more thing about this match, and we discussed this earlier when we rewatched the the takeover. Uh, do you guys also feel like Johnny Gargano's music would be better fit for a female worker? <laughs> yeah, you know, I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, yeah, I think it would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got like that whole pop punk theme song and it's just like i mean that would have been something back in 2007 when i graduated high school but it's um it's definitely more of a becky lynch song now <laughs> that wouldn't be a kick-ass becky lynch song actually yeah <laughs> i don't know just like the choruses and stuff like that like i feel like you're right it doesn't fit very well with the male wrestlers but 
I think I could see it fitting with a female wrestler really well. And uh, WWE is not really shy about you know recycling theme songs either. So maybe we'll see it. No, well, thank God, almost doesn't come out the Million Dollar Man thing. <laughs> that would be oh, thank man. the good Lord above. Yeah. Uh, that would be really interesting, especially if Ted DiBiase Jr. was still with the company. I feel like he would take some offense to that. <laughs> would they I call think it you would. Peso Man? Oh, <laughs> 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 yep, that's going to be in our next Too segment soon? of uh, our next segment of the tasteless evil foreigner gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can see that. I can see them bringing back like Muhammad Hassan. And dressing him up and doing that. <laughs> uh, you know, Ron, it's actually really funny you mentioned that. And I actually wanted to bring this up to uh, Devin and Maddox. Did you guys know that in that feud with Muhammad Hassan and Undertaker, that Muhammad Hassan's lawyer was Tommaso Ciampa? Yes. <laughs> I told that to Ron I, the other day, and he was like, what? You told that to me the first episode of the show. Yep. That was not well, the other day. Did you, guys, did you guys also know that Vince backstage used to refer to everybody that beat the Red Rooster as cock blockers? <laughs> oh, oh, good God. Oh, man. That's actually Vince, really good. freaking pervert. Man, I wish Vince was still as good now as he was back then. Jeez. Oh, God. Instead, now he's just like, oh, monster in the bank. I fucking hate that name. Oh, man. I'm sorry, but I, I, I wish they had done. Because look, we all know with Lesnar showing up at UFC at the last event and calling out Daniel Cormier, that UFC is starting to take a page out of the WWE playbook. Oh, yeah. And you know Vince and Dana have something worked out. They have to. So why couldn't they have let Lesnar keep the belt, go into UFC, let Cormier beat the brakes off of him, and have Braun come out and cash in and win the match in the octagon? <laughs> Holy shit, that would have been great. <laughs> why did I they do that? Myself, Vince, couldn't have, Vince wouldn't have gotten any of the paper you cut, and I think uh, that's why they would do it. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. That would have been fucking I, amazing. <laughs> I would have pissed myself if you, you know, Lesnar sitting there just lying prone, just dead to rights, and then, <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> well, you know, do you guys honestly think Lesnar's got a chance at beating Daniel Cormier? Absolutely not. Uh, no, but I also don't watch UFC. I think that he's just, he's past his prime in that regard, like... Yeah, he can still beat people up. I don't think he can do it professionally. <laughs> like not a, well, in that in thing. that official thing anyway. In the in the what five years he's been back, he yeah. hasn't been able to get into freaking ring shape for a wrestling match. How are we supposed to believe he can get into legit fighting shape? Um, I guess they just expect you to suspend your disbelief, <laughs> just like in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> ah, CM Punk can do it. Brock Lesnar can do it too. <laughs> no, CM Punk yeah. couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. CM Punk the last two freaking minutes in his first fight. Yeah. <laughs> oh he my gets god. To the ring. Oh, he submitted. <laughs> well, so glad I paid the oh like eighty dollars for this pay per view and put money on it. No, oh, I know. <laughs> and you know Vince is negotiating with Kane Velasquez now. 
Yeah, probably. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, it seems like he's got his hands in a lot of different pies, so. Well, wasn't Cain Velasquez spotted at an NXT event? He was. Yeah, I think um, he was. That's yeah. what it was. And it's funny because that's the man that beat Lesnar for the heavyweight title. <laughs> that is pretty funny, actually. Man, it's too bad they didn't bring him in in time. I mean, I guess he's going to have time, but, you know. It would have been I don't know. Did Lesnar re- did, did did Brock resign at SummerSlam? I don't actually know. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, I feel like I know I know Daniel Bryan turned down the contract extension that was offered to him. Yeah, I can't really blame him there. I mean, Jesus, I I, I mean well, I feel like here's he's... the Go ahead. here's what we here's what I said about that issue. As much as Daniel Bryan wants to go to New Japan or go back to Ring of Honor and work, he is better off staying with Vince where he will be protected and less prone to suffering a dynamite kid-level injury, and that's where he's heading with his style. That's true. That's a good point. I feel like he would definitely guard Daniel Bryan a lot better than uh, the folks over at New Japan, but... I'm not sure. Like, I feel like there's just such a huge level of respect for him, but like, again, they don't really put any reins on them over in New Japan. I could see, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from there. I also think, though, that if he's going to stay with Vince, he should he should take his ass to the Performance Center. He should work with Sean and have Sean show him how he altered his style after the back injury. Ooh, that's a good idea. Because Sean is the one that trained him to begin with. Yeah. I mean, they obvi- they already have that rapport and everything. That it should. You're right. They should bring him back to the Performance Center and have him train with Sean. That's that's a very good idea. Um, yeah. So, I uh, just to uh, give a quick update. So, I did look online. Lesnar did not resign. His contract is up on the 31st. All right. Well, I keep saying that I hope that Paul Heyman sticks around regardless, but I also think he's actually Brock Lesnar's agent, if I'm not mistaken. So, I hope he sticks around, and I, as a big WCW fan of the 93 to 95 era when the Dangerous Alliance was with Rick Rude and Steve Austin was majorly over, I would like to see him assemble a faction with some of the guys that are just kind of getting wasted right now, like Bobby Roode, uh, the Authors of Pain, who I don't know what the hell they were thinking by moving Paul Ellering away from them, other than if Paul yeah. just didn't want to be on the road. That's Yeah, that's a really good point, too. I was really shocked when I heard that they basically just told him to fuck off, and like that was the end of him with them. <laughs> like, um, well, And they've been... Yeah. They, been actually having to have competitive matches with Titus Worldwide, for God's sake. Uh, yeah. Who's buying that? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad to see Dana Brooke on my TV because she is one of my favorite women in the business. On the roster, I think she throws a beautiful handspring elbow. It's mm-hmm. probably about the only decent move she's got. But I just, they, it makes no sense. Yeah. Those guys should have been brought up and immediately um, obliterated whoever the tag champs were at the time. Yeah, it seemed like they were really over on NXT. Like, again, I hadn't really been watching that much, but like it seemed like 
anything I read about the tag team division included the Authors of Pain in a very prominent position. So I'm kind of shocked that they've essentially been turned into jobbers for, I don't know, not a very strong tag team division on Raw. They've been turned into jobbers. Bobby Roode has basically been a jobber since coming over to Raw. Yeah. I don't know if that's just like some kind of... stars go to get married. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah. I I was just going to say, I don't know if it's just because like there's some kind of disconnect between Vince and Triple H or something, but uh, I don't well, know. Yeah, it's called I Don't Take Advice from the Man That's Stooping My Daughter. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> 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 oh, man. That is true. That is true. Oh, my God. There's just... Yeah. You didn't know what you were getting when you had us on, did you? No. <laughs> Apparently, he had Apparently. no idea. No clue. Yeah, I've been kind of... Oh, our, you I, didn't know? <laughs> well, I guess now I do. Jeez. <laughs> um, is that a good or a bad thing? I was going to say, is that, is that a good or a bad cheese? Well, I mean, I just I just finished subscribing to the podcast, so I'm going to say it's pretty good. So. Okay. <laughs> hey. Yeah. I mean that kind of reveals well, that I wasn't already subscribed. But... For about ten seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, you guys, I've had a wonderful time talking to you. I'd love to have you on again. And, I mean, obviously, we're we're probably. I think did we decide that we were going to do an episode of your show as well? Uh, we are doing an episode. Uh, doing all of our episodes in September are or our regular episodes on Thursdays. Uh-huh. We are having podcasters on as guests every episode as a way to uh, expose us to their audiences, them to ours, as a way of cross-promoting and trying to help kind of grow everybody's audience. Yeah, and we're all a team I think, uh, I wanted to have you guys on for that month because I think that just fits, and I think it would help us both out. Absolutely. And I, I look forward to it. Dan, I'm sure you're looking forward to it. Yes? A- absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again, guys. Well, so guys, much I have to admit, we've had a blast. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. I thought it kind of started off kind of slow, but I'm glad that towards the end, like, we really picked up steam. It's been a great time. I, I hope you don't feel like we hijacked the show. <laughs> no, please. I love it when people talk, like, more than me, especially when they're more knowledgeable about something, because I can talk out my ass for a while, but it's just going to sound stupid. So, um, I appreciate all the insight that you guys brought, and... Like, like I said, you guys are really funny. I really appreciate you guys stopping on the show. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find us. We are available on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, uh, the Heavyweight Chumps podcast. Uh, you can find us. You can join our Facebook fan page. It's uh, the Beer Gut Brotherhood. Nice. And uh, you can find us on Twitter at Mad Fat Loud or me personally uh, at HWC Maddox. Or you can find me at HWC Devin Rains on Twitter. Nice. And that's uh, and uh, at, at Mad Fat Loud also works for our Instagram, too. Oh, awesome. All right, guys. Well, thanks again. Although, admittedly, we don't put much there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's okay. <laughs> Honestly, we don't put much on Instagram either. It's another guy who does all of our memes. <laughs> 
Lucky so. bastards. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just because we did an interview with him like months ago, and I don't have it edited or anything, so I feel bad. And I'm just like, hey, you should do our. Well, Dan said he should do our memes, and he's done a really good job so far. So shout out the to one Wayne with Triple H and Katty, Kat, uh, Katie Vick, where it's like oh, you know, when God. I want to crack up on a cold one. <laughs> That's almost as bad as the. Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding meme that's going around. Back in my day, when an athlete took a knee, they really took a knee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Oh god! (laughs) That's horrible. That's horrible. (laughs) All right. Well, Maddox and Reigns, thank you guys so much for joining us. They are the heavyweight chumps, and we will see you guys next week. This is the Singlet Club. And we are here with the heavyweight chumps. I don't know how to end this show, so I'm just going to say. Adios. <laughs> well, it was midnight on the sea. The band played near my dog's knee. Fairly tight and fairly well. Yes, it was midnight on the sea. Band played near my love to me. Fairly Titanic, fairly well. When Titanic went and got its load, the captain and all of it all alone. Fairly Titanic, fairly well. When Jack Johnson went and get on board, the captain said, We don't hollow coal. <laughs> fairly Titanic, fairly well.
Yes, it was midnight on the sea. The band 